I'll go ahead and tell you right off the top. Well, let me get to that in just a second. A reminder. And more a reminder for me, just to make sure that my mind is where it needs to be right now. I'm blessed beyond measure, all reasonable and otherwise. Hope you recognize that you are as well. Hope this finds you and yours doing real well. As we get towards the big game this weekend, family and friends, hopefully it's all rolling in your world. It's rolling in mine. Faith-based conversations, always ready and willing and more than just pleased to have those at jmartzone on Twitter. One thing you might not have gotten to do a whole lot of this week is talk. Unless you, well, I mean, unless you've been talking to me. We've talked a lot, and I've taken a bunch of phone calls this week, and I've done it by design because many times, if you listen to this program, we don't take any calls. And it's not just because I like to hear myself talk. That is not the case. It's just there's sometimes a lot to say or a lot of things going on. But this week, there's been so much hard work being done down in Miami with 3HL and Midday, you probably haven't had that much of an opportunity to just call in and sound off. So I will tell you right off the top before I get into what I want to say, I do want your predictions for the big game. I want you to tell me who's going to win and who's going to be the MVP of the football game on Sunday. One and a half point favorite right now for Kansas City, taking a, a little bit over 60% of the money, at least right now it appears. But one and a half means pretty much a pick em. No one's really sure what's going to happen in this football game. So I want to ask you, what is going to happen in this football game? Who wins? I kind of want to talk about Tom Brady a little bit more. He wasn't here. He was in Miami. You saw the photos. But, of course, you saw the photo as well. But we'll get to Brady. Let's talk about the game. I have talked about, for the last couple of weeks, guys that are larger than life, needle movers, is the phrase I've used. Not that I came up with it, but I guess maybe I'm the most recent person to use it or overuse it, almost abuse it. And we've been talking about Zion Williamson finally making it on the floor and doing some special stuff. And we certainly, unfortunately, have been talking about Kobe Bryant for the reasons you don't want to talk about someone. Because of his passing. And we've talked about other giants that have gone on and maybe were equally painful for a lot of you. And then yesterday we talked about Tom Brady. We talked about Joe Burrow and LSU recently. Much of the discussion on this program and every other program has been on these giants these legends. When I think about this football game on Sunday, and some of you really fought back at me on Twitter yesterday, you totally disagreed with my point. And feel free to call us at 615-737-1045 if you continue to disagree. But this game is a football junkie's dream, but a casual fan's, I'm not going to say it's a nightmare. It's just, the only reason it's going to be a dream is because it's going to put them to sleep in advance of it happening. It should be a wonderful football game. It really should be. The metrics have it as being one of the five or six best ever, just in terms of the matchup and the possibilities that it's going to be close and it's going to go down to the wire and it's going to be a lot of high-end football being played on both sides. 
But from a marquee standpoint, what is the casual fan going to be interested in? We have to concern ourselves with that because you can't just point to the ratings on Monday and say, see, they cared about this game because the Super Bowl is what they care about. The Super Bowl is what they're watching. They're watching for the commercials. They're watching for the halftime. Yes, they're going to watch the game, but the Super Bowl sells itself. There are events where it doesn't matter who the participants are. It's going to capture the imagination. It's going to capture the eyeballs. It's going to capture the attention. It's going to capture the audience. But just looking at these two football teams, what is it about this game that makes it interesting? Not for you listening to me choosing to listen to 104.5 The Zone all day and all afternoon because you love sports that much. But what is it about this game that stands out to those that aren't quite like us, that have a lot of other concerns in their lives, and sports is just every once in a while or on occasion or the big events? There's only one answer to this question. And it's the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think that in any way I can overstate how badly the National Football League wants Mahomes to go out and have one of those kind of performances. In a close game, yes. But they want Mahomes to shine, and they want him to take home that MVP trophy. I'm not saying they're going to make that happen. That's not the point here. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is not a they're going to rig this. This is a they look at Patrick Mahomes, and they know what I know. And what you probably, if you don't know, you're starting to come around to it. This is Patrick Mahomes' league as of right now. Last two years in the AFC title game. The only reason that he didn't play in the Super Bowl last year is because of a coin flip that his team lost that gave the ball to the Patriots in overtime. Which I could do hours, and I have done hours, on how awful that rule is. But this is his league. Lamar Jackson was the MVP, but the best player in football is Patrick Mahomes. He's the best player at the most important position in all of American team sports. The three things that matter. I've laid out a few different things through the years that I continue to go back to. One, we've talked about again this week, and we've talked about a whole lot as of late, that being... Your failures don't define you. How you react to them does. But another one of these kind of tentpole deals that that always just comes back into my head is the three most powerful people in all of American professional sports, the superstars, the celebrities, the A-listers are NFL quarterbacks, and I'm not sure they're number one. Because NBA players, we see their faces and we know a lot about them. We know a lot more about them than we do many of the football players because we see their emotions on their sleeves, on the floor, on the playing surface, as well as off it. And they have the power. So we do see more of who they are. NBA top-tier talent especially, NFL quarterbacks, and maybe the most powerful of all, College football coaches, where in many states they are the most powerful men in those states, period. 
Patrick Mahomes is the it guy. He's the one they want on the front of the magazines. He's the one doing increasing advertising. Seems to be a really likable young man. He's barely 24 years old. And here he is in his first Super Bowl. I saw Dan Orlovsky predict he will get to five during his career. I'm not going to tell you how many he's going to get to. I'm not going to say he's going to get to five because I have no idea what's going to happen in this league. I have no idea what is going to change in this league. I would be surprised if he doesn't go to multiple Super Bowls. I would be surprised if he doesn't win multiple Super Bowls. But the NFL desperately needs him to win on Sunday because he is a needle mover. He is one of those guys that you tune in and that game is on mute and you're barely even paying attention and you know how great he is. You see otherworldly arm talent, accuracy, and competitiveness. He's the difference maker. Chiefs Niners is not like two just huge markets that are going to capture the world like New York and L.A. or New York and Dallas or something like that. The Niners have a history. The Chiefs do not as it relates to at least recent success or even making it to Super Bowls. Mahomes erases all of the bad level history that we have seen. Andy Reid's futility, Patrick Mahomes was enough to overcome whatever you believe that to have been. The Chiefs finding a way to choke it away in the playoffs, they had Mahomes. He was better than the Titans. The reason that the Tennessee Titans lost to the Kansas City Chiefs is Patrick Mahomes, period. End of story. The run that he made near the end of the first half basically sealed it. Yeah, it wasn't out of reach, but when you saw that, did you really think the Titans were coming back to win that game? Because I did not. They need Patrick Mahomes to win because they need Patrick Mahomes to be the face of the league. Because right now, if there's one critique of the NFL, it is you don't know whose league it is yet. Until Patrick Mahomes can win the Super Bowl, that argument will continue to rage. But we've known that this was Tom Brady and Peyton Manning's league pretty much this century. You can throw Roethlisberger and you can throw Aaron Rodgers in there. More than anybody, it's been Brady's league. It's been Brady and Belichick's league. So who is going to come behind them? Because whether Brady is playing in New England or Tennessee or Chicago or Carolina or Los Angeles or New York or anywhere else that you might have him landing, or he's not playing at all, it's probably not going to be his league anymore. And that might upset him enough to drop a photo three days before the Super Bowl to detract attention away from the two teams that are still playing for this year's Lombardi Trophy. But Patrick Mahomes is Steph Curry. Patrick Mahomes is some amalgam of Steph and LeBron. He's likable. He's young. He's changing the way the game is played. He does things that other people can't do. Remember how we talked about how Steph Curry broke basketball because everybody started chucking threes like they were George Costanza in the Jimmy episode of Seinfeld? And so then the NCAA tournament became nothing but a revolving door of bricks that could build mansions in Brentwood. It's because everybody wanted to be Steph Curry. And there was only one that was capable of doing what he was doing at that level. 
Patrick Mahomes right now, and I'll ask you this question too. I said, who's going to win the game? Who's going to be the MVP? 737-1045. 615-737-1045. The other question that I will ask you is, who is his peer? Who is the guy that's going to be his rival? Who is the Brady to his Manning or the Manning to his Brady? Who is the bird to his magic or the magic to his bird? Who is the other guy? Is that guy in the NFL right now, or is it one of the guys that's coming over the next two or three years that you believe in? Meaning Tua or Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow, of course, or Trevor Lawrence, of course, or maybe even you have an even bigger dark horse. Who is this peer? I know both him and Aaron Rodgers have the same sponsor, but it ain't Aaron Rodgers anymore. The Packers got as far as they did in spite of Aaron Rodgers being pretty average. Patrick Mahomes is anything but average. This sport needs him to be its face. He needs to be the the guy that everyone thinks of when they think of the National Football League. And the way that you get there is him winning this football game on Sunday and doing it in style against that defense when we all hear that it's defense that wins championships. Historically, the best offenses advance to the Super Bowl, but the better defense wins it more often than not. And that firmly means that San Francisco is the favorite if you base it on that. But I don't think you can base it on that because I don't think all things are equal here because one of the descriptors, one of the adjectives, one of the colloquialisms that we talk about when we think of Patrick Mahomes is cheat code. So if football's a video game, if it's Madden, if you've got a cheat code, it doesn't matter if they have the best defense because your guy is still going to get the job done because he has superpowers. Yes, it's cheating in a video game. In the NFL, it's called Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick is on a cell phone. We will go to him right now before we go to the break. Patrick, what's up? What's up, guys? So, honestly, the, his competitor, Patrick Mahomes' his competitor, he's playing him in the, in the Super Bowl right now. I think Jimmy G and Patrick Mahomes are going to be the face of the league over the next five, six, seven years. And I think who's replacing Belichick and Brady is going to be Shanahan and Jimmy G. And I don't think you can really say any of the guys coming in from college right now because then the NFL and college is a different game, different different second circumstances, totally different world. So the guys that are you have right now are Lamar, Patrick, and Jimmy G. And I think the face of your league going forward is going to be the boy in the West Coast, man, Jimmy G. And I don't, I don't see KC stopping the 49ers, and I don't think that I don't think Casey's defense can hold the 49ers. I think Jimmy G is going to win the game. I think he's going to be MVP, and you're going to see Jimmy G's face everywhere. Okay. Everywhere. All right. I appreciate that. I disagree with you. I think I think that there are double figures, maybe even 15 quarterbacks that are starters in the NFL right now that could have Jimmy G's job, and the 49ers would still be in the Super Bowl. I am not saying. Jimmy G is not is terrible. I'm not saying he's a scrub. I'm not saying he's a nobody. I'm saying he's Jared Goff or just a little bit better. Period. Same thing I said about Dak Prescott, which he sort of tried to prove me wrong a lot of times this year. I'm saying that about Jimmy G right now. 
when you're not one of the top two reasons why your team is in the Super Bowl, and you do not point at me and say he's 21 and five, quarterback wins is a meaningless, unbelievably overrated stat because this is not tennis. In tennis, wins matter because if I beat you in a tennis match, I did it. Jimmy G can win three to nothing behind that defense. He can win 17 to nothing throwing for under 100 yards because of the run game. We saw Ryan Tannehill win two playoff games against the number one seed in the AFC and the defending champion and the team of the century because they ran the ball and played defense and didn't ask him to do that much. Doesn't mean he wasn't out there, but it means the two reasons why the San Francisco 49ers are in the Super Bowl right now. You know what? He's not one of the top three reasons why they're in the Super Bowl. The first reason is Kyle Shanahan, who's the best play caller in the league. The second reason is a ridiculous defense featuring a rookie in Nick Bosa that as good as he's been and as much pub as he's gotten, he's still not talked about enough. And the third reason is because they run the ball like crazy with Mostert and all of those guys. Jimmy G doesn't have to do much. Now, he's got Kittle, who might be the best tight end in the league. Him and Kelsey, that's going to be just fun to watch how both of them operate in their offenses against the other on Sunday. But Jimmy G's like the fourth reason why they're there. I don't think that this is Brady-Belichick again. I think that Shanahan could be a Belichick-ish kind of coach on the offensive side. I do. Although we also thought that about Sean McVay. And then he ran into Brian Flores and Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl. Blueprint was created, and the Rams didn't make the playoffs this year. But I think Shanahan, Shanahan could be the guy for a while. But I don't think Patrick Mahomes' peer as a quarterback is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. That doesn't mean he can't win the MVP. If he goes out and throws for 300 yards and they win the game, he's a quarterback, so he'll have an opportunity to do it. But I think there's a lot of other candidates out there in the league and certainly college guys, which we have to see how they acclimate to the pro game. And that's what I want to ask you again. Who wins? Who's the MVP? And who is Patrick Mahomes' peer? Because it's Patrick Mahomes that the NFL desperately needs to win this game. We'll be right back. It's the Big Six on 104.5 The Zone. So. Welcome back. Friday evening in the Music City. I'm Jason Martin. It's the Big Six. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. The telephone number is 615-737-1045. The man behind the glass spinning the dials radio style for me this evening is Ryan Mudd. He is the gatekeeper. He is how you get to me. Let's go to Jeff in Nashville leading us off here in this segment. Jeff, what say you? Uh, Jay Martin, I just want to say happy Friday, brother. Same and, to you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my pick, and, uh, and I'm going to hang up and listen, all right? So, I'm going to go with my Super Bowl winner is going to be the 49ers, okay? The defense is nasty. The run game is great. And I'm going to say my Super Bowl MVP is Nick Bosa. And I, and going out on him, I, I just do well, let me Let me backtrack. It's easy to say a player that's going to compete with Patrick Mahomes going into next year, I guess I could say Lamar Jackson. But I'm going to go out on him and say Jordan Love, in the next two years, wow. is going to be right up there with him. Yeah, you know, I appreciate I appreciate the boldness, first of all. 
You mentioned Lamar Jackson. The guy that I continue to think it is, unfortunately, now his coach is also his general manager in Houston. I think if Deshaun Watson had a half-decent coach, it would be Deshaun Watson because I think he is very, very, very good. But Peyton Manning didn't deal with bad coaching. Ever, really. And Bill O'Brien is... I'm not going to say it's objective because I'm stating an opinion here. Subjectively, he is a subpar coach. And now he's the general manager on top of that. Like, I... Just baffled. Absolutely baffled. You should be thrilled if you're a Titans fan, though, because uh, Houston's going to... They are going to be on the hamster wheel for a while. John's on a cell phone. He's up next on the program. John, how are you this evening? Hey, doing great. How are you doing? Good. Well, I was I was leaning toward Mahomes until uh, a couple of callers ago. Um, they were talking about Jimmy G and and uh, and and how he takes the back seat to uh, the defense and the receivers and the tight ends and. Uh, I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking now that Mahomes, as good as he is and as creative of a player he is, how can one man overcome all that on the other side of the of the line? Look, that's that is the conundrum here. But let me read something to you from Football Outsiders. I don't look at quarterback wins. I look at DVOA, and I look at some of these numbers that have trending behind them. That's based in fact. This is directly from their piece as they are analyzing the defenses, particularly of these two teams. The real gap between weighted and total DVOA is on defense. The differences change depending on which weeks you use for splits, but essentially the Kansas City defense has improved a little bit over the course of the season against both the run and the pass, while the San Francisco Pass defense has seen substantial regression to the mean since the first few weeks of the season. The run defense, on the other hand, improved over the second half of the year. Now, D Ford is back and Quan Alexander is back. But if you struggle against the pass, if your defensive specialty is against the run, that would worry me if I'm putting any kind of credence in the 49ers winning this game over Kansas City. Because as much as they wanted to run last year and as effective as they were in the red zone last year because they ran it better, meaning Kansas City, Mahomes can do it all. Now, with is able to get loose on the outside and Mahomes tries to escape and there's Bosa waiting to sack him, Bosa could easily be the MVP. As a matter of fact, if San Francisco wins... Bosa being the MVP is probably a 50% shot. Garoppolo plays quarterback, so he'll have an opportunity, and most are, I'm sure, will as well. As, as well. But from a defensive standpoint, San Francisco versus the pass in the first nine games was quite dominant. Then it got a little bit worse, and then it continued to get worse. It's gotten worse pretty much every game. The two games that they absolutely dominated over the past couple of weeks that got them here, Dalvin Cook, nine carries, 18 yards, and just totally shut down the Packers, blitzed them. And Aaron Rodgers, was not he's not a quarterback that can beat you by himself all that often anymore. The elite-level Aaron Rodgers, I think, is a couple years in the rear view. 
this guy can still win a Super Bowl, I think, but things have to be right around him. And that's where I kind of slight Garoppolo in that. And I may do this here in just a second. I may look at all the starting quarterbacks in the league and tell you if I think that guy would have the 49ers in the Super Bowl as well. Now, if Garoppolo goes and wins four or five Super Bowls, I'm still probably going to give Kyle Shanahan more of the love. But I'm not, again, I'm not saying that he's a terrible quarterback. I'm just saying he's average. I'm saying there's nothing particularly special about what he is doing on the field. And there are about two or three opportunities that he's going to give you in every game where you can make them pay with a pick six because there are some baffling throws off the arm of Jimmy Garoppolo. Jordan Clarksville is up next here on the program. Jordan, what's up? Um, I just want to say I totally agree with you, and I think the Chiefs are going to win 34-28, and I think Russell Wilson is his peer. Okay. I mean, Look, he might be. The only thing about Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson's age is telling you when I'm thinking about peer, and it depends on how you define this, in the next handful of years, maybe so, but the other problem for that comparison is he's got Pete Carroll. He's got a very conservative coach that doesn't utilize his skills. He is a killer. He is a winner. He is a champion. He is an MVP. And I think sometimes he plays with a hand tied behind his back. Just because, imagine Russell Wilson with San Francisco. Imagine Russell Wilson with, even with McVay. Because I still think McVay is hampered by what Jared Goff can't do. And we talked about how Jared Goff was unbelievable last year. Unbelievable. I just see that there's there's a good bit of Jared Goff in Garoppolo as well. I just I'm not seeing an MVP caliber player at quarterback for the 49ers. Could be wrong. Bradley and Cookville next. What's up? Uh yes, I think the Chiefs will win 38 to 24 just because 49ers cannot cover their speed. Like there's nobody as fast as can keep up with Tyreek Hill. Um, I also think the Peter uh, will be Trevor Lawrence in a couple of years, and the MVP is obviously Pat Mahomes. I was, that's that's what I think the NFL wants. They want Patrick Mahomes on the front of every newspaper, holding the Lombardi Trophy, kissing it with an MVP award. It could be Trevor Lawrence. It depends on where these guys go. One thing to mention about Patrick Mahomes real quick, and I know we're over. You know what? No, we, let's go ahead and go to break. I'll tell you when we come back. One thing about Patrick Mahomes that needs to be talked about a little bit more as it relates to his talent, but also his fortunate landing spot. That's next. Big Six, 104.5 The Zone. So. Welcome back to the Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. Rolling right along here on a Friday evening. Super Bowl this weekend. Monday right here on the station. We will all be reacting to whatever happens. And I'm asking you at 615-737-1045 what that's going to be and who the MVP is going to be. And if you agree with me that Patrick Mahomes is going to be the face of this league for a while, who is his peer? Who is the other guy? Who's the rival? Who makes it interesting? Who's the Peyton to his Brady, the Brady to his Peyton, the magic to his bird, the bird to his magic? 
Who are these people? I'll tell you some good people. Renters Warehouse. They're dedicated to putting homeowners on the path to financial freedom through rent estate. Renting your home without having to do the hard stuff. Renters Warehouse, the rent estate company. Back to the phones. James in Franklin joins us next on the program. James, what say you? James, you with me? Hey, buddy. Exactly right. I think we're watching, unfortunately, for the Titans fans, I think we're watching kind of a Michael Jordan-esque era. I think the Patrick Mahomes does things we haven't seen. I think he's going to have some, you know, old guard, kind of like the Larrys and the Michaels and yeah. those that were around and Rodgers and Wilson. But, you know, I'm hoping that we can kind of, the Titans can become the Pistons and put up a little bit more fight. Uh, but I really think he's kind of special in a way we haven't seen in a, in a long time. I think you're right. But let me do, let me point out one thing about Mahomes. We will never know the answer to this, and this might explain why Tom Brady might want to play somewhere else other than New England to try and give us an answer, even though at his age now he's got an out as well. We never know what Patrick Mahomes would have been if he were the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars or if he was the quarterback of the Detroit Lions or somewhere without one of the top 10 offensive minds in the history of football and Andy Reid with schemes and chemistry with Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator with a Tyreek Hill and a Kareem Hunt at one point with a Travis Kelsey. There are weapons galore. There is an unbelievably pliable mind in Andy Reid. And by that, I mean not stubborn. You can actually, he evolves. He looks, he learns, he grows. One of the reasons Lane Kiffin has gotten better and better over the last handful of years is because he has adapted multiple systems from coaches he's watched in college and the pros to create his own. If you listen to me, I don't know what part of me belongs to this host or that host, but I can tell you that some of me comes from Mark Packer because I listened to WFNZ in Charlotte back when I lived in South Carolina, and I enjoyed that show. And part of me belongs to John Kincaid, the gift whisperer, and Buck Ballou out of 680 The Fan in Atlanta, Georgia, because when I lived down there, I listened to them in the afternoons. And part of me, yes, belongs to Jim Rome because I listened to Jim Rome and The Jungle every day for half a decade, if not more. I mean, my email address has clone in it for a reason. I've been able to take some of what I've seen from them and others in this industry, including locally, and then add maybe a little bit of my own spin to it. That's how you do it. You usually don't just invent something out of thin air. And that's one of the things Andy Reid has always been able to do is he takes a little bit from this and he takes a little bit from that. And Lane Kiffin took a little bit from Art Bryles at Baylor and what he saw there on the field. And he looked at a couple of things that he liked that were going on in the NFL. The reason I know this is because he's told, well, not me, but Clay this when I was the executive producer on OutKick. We taped with Lane Kiffin. It wasn't live and off air. He was just explaining a lot of things to us. It was just like, wow. That's why I said Tennessee would have been, if they could have found a way to get him back, they should have, because he seemed like he was the smartest guy in the room. And it was not Fugazi. It was legit. But Patrick Mahomes fell into a perfect situation.
He also got to sit behind one of the smartest quarterbacks that the league has seen this century in Alex Smith. Alex Smith, who, after having the league's best passer rating at 104.7, I believe it was that year in Kansas City, was shuttled off because it was time for Mahomes, and Mahomes sat behind him for a year. How do I know Alex Smith was one of the smartest quarterbacks in football? Well, he didn't have a lot of tangible skill. He didn't have the Patrick Mahomes arm. He didn't have the cannon. He couldn't throw it out of the place like Cam. His size, all of these things. There was nothing about him that truly stood out. So he had to know everything else. He had to find a way to get his edge another way. So he studied, and he knew playbooks, and he talked to his coach, and he learned, and he soaked up all of that information, and he learned the tricks. We came back in this segment with Radiohead, a song called The Trickster. He learned everything he could learn to give him a little bit of an advantage on the field. His IQ was off the charts because it had to be, because if it wasn't, he would have been out of the league two or three years into his career. It didn't start well for Alex Smith, but he got smarter. And he got supplanted by a red-hot quarterback in San Francisco and the all-time red-hot quarterback in Kansas City, the Wonderkind, who benefited from having this unbelievable skill set that just, your jaw drops just thinking about it. And that dude had that skill set, and then for a year, he got all the rest of it. He learned how to study. You know, you can't just go in and take a test in like an advanced placement course. or so. If you're in high school, you know how this is. You can't show up and take a test in a legit class, like a tough class, without knowing how to study, without reading, without doing the legwork, without taking the time. Alex Smith taught Patrick Mahomes how to do that. How He was the study guide, and Patrick Mahomes was the natural talent. And now Patrick Mahomes is the natural talent with the benefit of learning how to get better, how to take advantage of every situation. And you add Andy Reid to that. There is, to me, not anything surprising whatsoever about how good Kansas City looks when Patrick Mahomes has the ball in his hands. I don't know that you've ever thought of thought it through that way. Everything fell exactly the way it needed to for Patrick Mahomes. And let me point one other thing out. Patrick Mahomes' real peer, the one guy that I think we could have looked at as a guy that would have challenged him in the AFC for a long time, that guy retired and didn't play for the Colts this year. Retired at age 29. His name was Andrew Luck. We'll be right back. 615-737-1045. Still a couple of minutes for you to tell me who wins and who is the MVP. This is a big six on 104.5 The Zone. Final segment of the program here on 104.5 The Zone. Little Ryan Adams for you. I'm Jason Martin. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone at 615-737-1045. A little bit of a brief break there. I'm glad I didn't need to use the restroom. Ryan Mudd telling me, whoa, this is going to be a short break. And it was. So you get a little bit more of me before we send you to Fox Sports Radio here in a little bit. Do I predict the game here or do I wait until the very end and talk about the other thing I wanted to get to here? 
I'm going to talk about Brady real quick. The Brady photo. Mike Reese of ESPN, who's all over the Patriots and has been for many years, covers them. He's been on that beat. He said that this had nothing to do with Tom Brady's football future at all. That he believes from what he'd heard or whatever, that this was a tribute to Kobe Bryant from Tom Brady. That Kobe had a photo very similar to this and that this was Tom Brady trying to pay his respects and trying to find a way to deal with losing someone he cared about. That could very well be true. And we have had the talk that maybe if he were to retire or if this was a photo talking about retirement, that it might have something to do with Kobe's situation and Tom realizing he wants to spend every second he can with Giselle and his children. And you couldn't fault him for that, especially with what he's done. He has nothing left to prove. They could name the Hall of Fame after him if they wanted to. The entire one, not even a wing. They could just call it the Tom Brady Hall of Fame. But if that's what he was doing, if he was paying tribute to Kobe Bryant, why not just put hashtag Kobe forever? Or why not find the Kobe photo that's close to it and put that next to that photo? Why just cryptically throw that one photo up there with no other information? I don't know his heart. But this feels like an attention grab to me. And yesterday I said that didn't strike me as Tom Brady's way. But the timing of this is just poor. The optics on this are just bad. Tom Brady could have waited until next week or two weeks from now. And if it's about Kobe, all you have to do is include a message about Kobe. Make it clear this isn't about you. Because you didn't, I have to assume, and many people that aren't hearing me now and haven't heard the Mike Reese report, those folks are going to say it was about you. There was no reason to put this out on a Thursday night. The Thursday night, the week of the Super Bowl. To draw attention to yourself. But that's the only possible explanation for this. The way in which it was done. And one thing I heard Jimmy Garoppolo say this week was 50% at least of the questions that I have been asked this week during the Super Bowl are about Tom Brady. So it's not like he's out of sight, out of mind exactly. Jimmy Garoppolo is always going to be inextricably linked to Tom Brady and the way that he ended up leaving New England and all of those concerns and things. It's just a bad look. And I don't, like I said, I don't know. Maybe he was trying to pay tribute to Kobe, but this was just the way it was done makes that hard to believe because there's no evidence of it. After the fact, that is a plausible explanation, sure. It's also just as plausible for me to sit here and tell you that the NBA story was true, and then an hour later you put that photo out because he wanted to control the message. And I don't think that's the case. Matter of fact, I know it isn't. We saw the photo of Tom and Giselle in Miami, and we saw Alan Bell Sports Line put up that deal that said there were no private planes that left BNA that he could have been on. Now, maybe he's got a stealth bomber or a Quinjet that Nick Fury got for him that he can take down to Miami. I imagine Tom Brady could find a way to not be on the be on the rolls necessarily. 
But I would indicate that wasn't true. I would say that's that wasn't the case. He wasn't here. Doesn't mean he won't play here. Just means he wasn't here. But he had to be here in the larger sense, apparently, because there was no reason to send this kind of a tweet out, this kind of a photo on social media out three days before the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs are supposed to and have earned all of our eyes. They have earned our attention. This is their moment. This is their stage. Tom Brady, who has nothing left to prove unless he wants to show he can win a Super Bowl without his Hall of Fame head coach and show he was the biggest piece of that pie, may still be insecure and upset about the fact that the world isn't revolving around him this week. And that wasn't the way that I ever really felt about Tom. But how else do you read this photo now? I told you yesterday, I predicted, I thought that we would know today exactly what that was, that he would not sit out here and let it linger. And maybe you won't. Maybe before the end of the night, we're going to know exactly what it means. And maybe this report from ESPN that it was a tribute to Kobe, maybe that's it. But with no message accompanying it, with no way to corroborate that information, many people won't buy that excuse. And the problem for Tom is, well, it's a problem if Tom cared what people think. He wants people to pay attention to him, it seems like. I don't know if he cares what people think, necessarily. But he's a... He is a player that draws conflicting emotions, a controversial guy. He has a love or hate. There's not a whole lot of people that are, eh, he's all right, about Tom Brady. You either love the guy or you hate him. Because he's won a lot, because of his wife, because of whatever. And most of the lovers are the ones in New England. So he's already not going to get the benefit of the doubt from a lot of people. This was questionable judgment at best, to do this with no caption or no obvious reasoning where we're like, oh, okay, he's just paying tribute to Kobe. That's cool. I understand that. Greatness sees greatness, reveres greatness, and mourns greatness. But this ain't about Tom Brady, but that's what the story was. What did NFL Live lead off to down here? I was sitting there in the gym, and I was watching NFL Live, and as the show started, the first thing I saw was Tom Brady's photo. It wasn't the Super Bowl. What did I tell you yesterday? What did I tweet out from at J-Mart Zone? This Brady story will take the eyes away from this matchup because, again, outside of Patrick Mahomes, there ain't that much here right now. That could change on Monday. If Garoppolo goes out and throws for 500 yards and they torture the Chiefs, then maybe that we are having a much different conversation. Now to the game. One thing in San Francisco's favor for Garoppolo specifically is how good he's been against man coverage this year. That is the defense that the Chiefs are going to throw out it, throw it Garoppolo. That's going to help him. He had according to Next Gen stats the second most passing touchdowns versus man coverage. Against zone, he had more picks than he did TDs. He had less yards in a full season of play than Mahomes did missing three games. 
He's better down the field than anybody in the world, meaning Patrick Mahomes. He is a cheat code of all cheat codes, and the weapons around him are ridiculous. The Packers, nothing. This, The Packers, the Vikings, as good as those two receivers are in Minnesota, and Cousins is not a terrible player either. This is a totally different challenge. But this is a great front four in San Francisco, and Bosa is astoundingly good. One and a half is the spread because we just don't know. Doesn't seem like anybody has a real feel. This could go either way. I'm hoping for a very, very close game, one where we see plays made on both sides of the football by both teams. I believe in most years I would probably take San Francisco because of their defense, because of the way they run the football, because they don't rely so much on the quarterback. But Patrick Mahomes is up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A, B-A, select, start. Get your 30 lives. Go beat Contra. So all bets are off. I couldn't beat Contra in the arcade, but I could beat it with 30 lives. I did it on my birthday. Got Contra for my birthday when I was living on Wilson Street. Had a party. We all played Contra. We all beat it the first night because we had the code. Had we not had the code, we're probably dying in the third, probably the third level. Patrick Mahomes is 30 lives and Kansas City is going to win the Super Bowl because they have the ultimate cheat code. Enjoy the game. We will react to it on Monday. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. God bless and good night from the Music City.